The Viewpoint with Songesumapepe on Mondays and Tuesdays, 8 till 10 p.m. We are back. We are live. This is SAFM 2114. We've got three conversations to get through in this balance of the hour. That gives us literally, what, 60 minus 14, 46. We've got three conversations with, three conversations rather, with Mr. Dylan Schnettler, commercial head for Synapse Ultra at Rubicon, talking to us about energy. Then the next one follows after that, a conversation with those who didn't quite achieve what they would have wanted to with the metric results and the plans that are available or rather the options that are available to them. Atalisha Harilal, the head of student recruitment at Stadia, will have a conversation with us on that and then we'll have a final conversation with Naim Gina on what is happening in the Yemen. So all these conversations have to somehow be truncated and make sense and engaged in the balance of this time so we can't without further ado be wasting more time so dylan good evening thank you so much for joining us and i appreciate you back on safm so i nice to talk to you again and hope you're keeping well and great to, to be on the show again i nearly died today i hit my head at the base of the pool when i dived head first i am still not recovered from that recovered in the sense that it's unsettled me it really has i've been thinking i nearly died i nearly died anyway that's my response <laughs> to you hoping that i'm well i am well just about well, you sound well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Okay, let's talk about International Day of Clean Energy. What's that all about? Yes, it's a it's a, a day that was put together by the United Nations General Assembly, and it's just the collaboration of different partners to um, discuss uh, at a hub the global collaboration and transition to different uh, renewable energy technologies. Uh, and it's also the, the, it was the founding day of an organisation called IRENA, which is the International Renewable Energy Agency. So it's just uh, recognition for um, the transition to different renewable energy technologies. IRENA, what is its mandate? The, the mandate is uh, the, these different. Con- we, we are part of this organisation, and it's different um, countries that have come together to discuss their transition and their commitment towards uh, transitioning to renewable energy uh, initiatives. So in relation then to the migration from presumably when we're talking about energy transition, clean energy, we're talking the we're talking about the greater adoption of clean energy, renewable energy is probably a more um, relatable term and or word, a move away from, I would imagine, from what has typified your base source for energy in most jurisdictions the world over. The South African context would be coal. In many other jurisdictions, it would be oil. How is that taking shape? Because, I mean, I would imagine for many countries, like China, for instance, their base load is oil and gas. And whilst they might incorporate renewables, there probably wouldn't be a swift move towards those renewables precisely because their industrial economy is predicated on oil and gas. In other countries like South Africa, it would be coal. How is the politics of that engaged, if at all? Yeah, so I think the, the, the key thing, the key word there is mix. It's getting the energy mix right. So it's not that we transition, you know, we are transitioning away to a better mix, um, a more sustainable mix, a more cost-effective mix. And in South Africa, you know, we're blessed that we've got fantastic irradiance from our sun, and we can take advantage of that um, by making a, a significant component of our energy mix be made up of, of solar specifically, but then also other um, renewable sources like hydroelectric, wind, mm. um, 
yeah, uh, so the key thing is really to get the mix right. I think that's what's important. And to understand what makes what makes sense for our country in terms of, you know, what that mix looks like. And I think for us, again, in South Africa, we, we are fortunate with uh, having so much sunlight that we can have a, a significant enough portion of our mix be solar. Well, I suppose this brings front and centre then the conversation in the South Africa context of the just energy transition. Do you want to share more as to perhaps how that, in the context of International Day of Clean Energy, and not just the Day of Clean Energy, but the move towards cleaner energy supplies and sources, where then South Africa's response to that perhaps through just energy transition may lie? Yes, I think that's where we can learn from each other. You know, like you you, you mentioned earlier, the likes of, you know, other countries have got their base loads of are, are either coal, nuclear, or or oil and gas. But we can we can learn from each other's experiences, and we can we can also learn what other technologies they've adopted that have been successful, and you know what what are the best sustainable and most cost effective um, methods to deploy. Um, different energy sources that will make sense for our grid. So we're learning from each other at the end of the day. And there's new technologies coming to the market um, frequently. And the key thing is to for us to always be at the you know at the front of the queue, so to speak, so that we know what's out there and what other countries have deployed that we can we can consider them as part of our energy mix. Let's I think talk. The key yeah. thing with, with um, the, the key thing that that what we've got to understand is that. It's not just the government that drives it; it's the it's the private and commercial sector as well that can that can all play a key and important role. And I think, in many respects, particularly in response to the last point, that it's not just governments but also private and individuals that can participate. And I think the Western Cape, or specifically the city of Cape Town, experience or how they are doing things, it gives us insights as to how something of this kind, JET, just just energy transition, can be managed where there by the accounts that at least I'm getting or have access to, there seems to be a working model or a workable model that between private or, or non-state actors, put it that way, is, is is working towards alleviating, first of all, in the South Africa context, the load shedding challenge, but beyond that, the yeah. kinds of innovations that Jordan Hill Lewis is trying to come up with and, and courting the necessary investment. I mean, he's just been in the United States, and I think that broadly speaks to what the capacity and potential of something like this can be. Can you comment on that? Yeah, 100% on so guess I, I, and you bring up a few great points there. And I think, you know, that's the that's the fantastic thing about technologies that are available today, is that you can largely de- you, you can decentralise from the grid. So you can be a private homeowner, you can be a small business, a medium-sized business, or a large business, and you can largely decentralise from the grid. And by decentralising from the grid, you're actually making a positive contribution to our country's economy as well as our utility, because we all know that the utility at the moment has got a shortfall in power. They can't provide enough power. That's why we have load shedding. So if um, if the if if small businesses and residences and 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 large businesses all put solar systems uh, up w- with uh, with battery backups, what they're doing is removing some of the stress and the strain that's on the grid from the grid. And that's not to remove themselves from the grid. It's they've just provided an additional energy source for their facility and they still are um, they still connected to the grid so what they're doing is they're using power from the grid and they're mm-hmm. using power from their from their energy source so they've invested in a system that um, mix 
is 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 you know, they've, they've, they've exactly right. They've they've um, they've got a mix there. They've got they've got grid. They've got um, they've got their own solar power, their own their own power, and and this is what really moves it moves us forward. And I think the other thing is that the one thing that a lot of people and businesses are coming to understand is that the the return on investment is fantastic. The periods are short; they're three to four years, and um, yeah, you, you're moving towards a sustainable and um, more cost-effective manner of producing power. Let's talk about those things on the other side of the break. What exactly you mean by cost-effective access to power? Let's talk about sustainability, and it can't obviously just be in the environmental context. There must be other contexts when you talk about sustainability, more particularly in a country like ours, where perhaps the socio-economic outlook is not as great as it should be. The growth of the economy is certainly not around what its potential is. That word sustainability, therefore, becomes that much more important. So on the other side of this very short break, Mr. Dylan Schnettler, Commercial Head for Synapse Ultra, at Rubicon is talking to us about clean energy and perhaps some of the opportunities for South Africa as we make the transition. And the transition is not to move away from, but perhaps incorporate is the better term to use in context of mixing energy sources and supplies. After the break, we continue. Please, of course, do call, participate, and engage this conversation. 86 2032 Call us there. Alternatively, drop us a note on WhatsApp or a text 614 on SAFM. Yeah, that's me and you in conversation with us, together with Mr. Dylan Schnettler, Commercial Head for Synapse Ultra at the Rubicon. We are talking about UN's first day of clean energy insights from a South African perspective. Of course, the International Day of Clean Energy was officially launched in 2018. The program around this multinational platform or is ensuring that it's a response in many respects to climate change. And perhaps let's incorporate in the responses or in the engagements, Dylan, parts of what the global picture for climate change looks like and how clean energy speaks to that. And and what governments, together with their domestic agents, have to do if this thing is to have any meaning, particularly looking at the context of the presence of Irina, that's the... International Renewable Energy Agency formed in 2009 really to facilitate for the information exchange, transfer of information, lobbying, collaboration, and learning international best practices in relation to managing the transition. South Africa's version of, I would imagine, this is the just energy transition. But of course, it's not without its layered context. A lot of the challenges brought on by the questions around ESCOM and its continued capacity, the breaking up of ESCOM into three parts, and, of course, the realization or the recent discoveries of potentially what lies in the West Coast down from the Orange Basin along the Northern Cape um, coastline of oil and gas deposits, right? And as well as our continued investments in the South Coast around Mozambique. Now, oil and coal create oil and gas, coal create still base energy sources that South Africa is still looking to make investments in. How does that play itself out against still the government's stated commitment to just energy transition? I think the key thing again, it comes down to is mix. You know, it's it's about getting the, the mix right, and when you are when you're getting that energy mix right, you've you've got to blend renewable energy together with baseload energy like coal and nuclear, so that that, that as a country we've got reliable power. Number one. And number two, we've got cost-effective power because at the end of the day, 
that's what create, that certainly plays a role in creating jobs. So our businesses, our, our homes, they need they need cost-effective power. If if they've got a cost-effective energy source, it makes their manufacturing facility uh, more more competitive. And if we're more competitive on the global stage, that equals jobs. So um, I think that's that is a key element. And then I think the other nice thing about another key thing is the renewable energy targets is looking at the commitments that we have made as a country to different organizations in ensuring that a sizable component of our energy mix is made up of renewable energy. So again it's the it's the mix. That's that is the key thing. And there's different there's different components of that, but ultimately it's got to be cost effective, it's it's got to meet our emissions targets. And it's got to be reliable, and that's those are the key components. So, so, so let's talk then about the sustainability of that. I mean, it's a point that you had made reference or remarks to, and of just before the ad break. How do we do that sustainably? Not just environmentally sustainable, but how do we ensure that jobs are not lost? Because there's always a fear whenever a change of the kind that we are talking about is touted, people become perhaps, and they certainly would be reluctant to change because of the unknown factor, fear of the unknown factor. And, and, and naturally, jobs would be something that people would want to jealously guard, even if at all costs. But insofar as it relates to engaging this mix of having renewable and alternative energy supplies on top of what is existing, whilst also making allowance for new discoveries if oil deposits indeed are there and prove themselves to be a viable option for the economy to incorporate in the context of the mix that you've made reference to. How, how do we ensure sustainability and sell sustainability as one of the key elements that we should be using the transition for the purposes of ensuring sustainability takes place? I hope my question is clear. I know it was a bit yeah, convoluted. I think I think that the the, the key thing there is there's, it's not a quick fix. It's not something you, you you know you don't just pull a plaster and and um, and transition from your existing energy mix to to a largely renewable energy mix. I think what we we as a country have got to do is ensure that we've got a significant portion and a portion that makes economic sense for our country that that portion we optimize and ensure that we're getting enough energy from from our renewable energy mix and there's there's certainly reasons to do that for for to start with you can deploy renewable energy plants quickly when you compare them to coal-fired power plants and nuclear power plants they can take anything from five to twenty years to to roll out from from time of planning mm, so mm. with renew, re, renewable energy plants you can do this relatively quickly and you can do it cost effectively and those plants are are low on maintenance or lower on maintenance than, than the other plants so i think the key thing is that there's, there certainly are a lot of challenges in mm. transitioning mm. but the key thing is to ensure that we are adopting and investing in a, a, a significant portion of renewable energy and by making our mix reliable and competitive mm-hmm. one would hope that organically you're creating extra jobs mm. because at the end of the day <laughs> you know on the global stage if we're a competitive market if we're if we're a competitive country that creates jobs so let's ensure that our manufacturing sectors and our businesses have got the most competitive and reliable energy 
supply that we can give them, this makes them more competitive. And, and being more competitive creates more jobs, whether it be motor industry, whether that be mining or any, any manufacturing uh, concern. And, and this helps in the, in the transition to uh, a healthy energy mix. Now, the IRP is a living plan that is expected to be continuously revised and updated as necessitated. Right now, in fact, the minister has put out for public comment until 23rd of February the IRP. What is that in, or how does the integrated resource plan speak to then ultimately what you and I have been talking about here this evening? I think does the government. It, Sorry, Sangeza, carry on. No, no, I'm, I'm asking, does it speak to this? Is is there a correlation between all of this thing? Because if we are talking about mineral resources and energy, yes. we are ensuring that our resources plan and the energy supplies around that are of the kind that we can take into the future. For instance, I was listening to a conversation on Newsroom Africa, the DDG, a couple of weeks ago was talking to... This particular RP being made available to public comment, and one of the things that it assesses is the short-term um, assessments around 2013. That this is what the energy supply is, this is what the demand is, and the demand is greater than what is supplied. So this discrepancy, how can this discrepancy be met? Is it continued investments in the current rollout of energy? In other words, greater and more efficient um, expenditure on ESCOM, specifically those two power plants, coal-based power plants, or is that now an opportunity for this energy mix indeed to come through? It sounds like it would be that because from what you have said, there are short-term gains. I mean, and, and it happens three to four years, seemingly that much more distributed and also local localized ownership in other words it's not dependent on the state to provide but rather the individuals and and particular businesses that can so do that in other words there's a bit more control risk mitigation as well can you share more now from what little i know from the rp and what little i've just said in relation to the irp against then clean energy transition but ultimately speaking to energy that is available for the demand that is out there so I think government is making uh, an effort, certainly, and that these independent um, renewable energy um, providers that are providing energy to the grid. So that's clear to see. And then I think just when you when you look at things like the homeowners, you know, the, the government gives a fifteen thousand rand rebate to to individuals uh, when when investing in a solar um, system for their house. So if you've spent so if you, Songhezo, decide now mm. putting a, a hundred thousand rand solar system in at home with with some batteries and solar panels, at the end of the year when you declare your 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 tax, the government will give you a fifteen thousand rand discount in essence off your tax contribution. Mm. So that in essence, government's making a fifteen thousand rand contribution to you putting a solar system in at your in at your house. So it's these different plans of government government have got initiatives sure they can, they can always be quicker but they are complex in nature the money's got to come from somewhere and uh, in many cases they are opening that up to to the private sector to invest in different uh, initiatives to provide power to the to um to the uh, to the grid so um and then with the different municipalities there's initiatives being rolled out by the by different municipalities and they're giving them the mm. flexibility to to do that and you mentioned the western cape earlier that's another one 
So there are different initiatives, and I'd like to think that um, we're on the right track. But sure, we can we we can certainly we can always speed things up, especially considering the fact that um, we've got a shortfall in power, and that's why we've got load shedding. Well, there's more that we can obviously talk about in this conversation, but for now, it's only for me to appreciate your conversation with me this evening. And thank you so much for this edifying context that I'm sure has been pretty useful for all of those who are listening to this conversation. Thanks so much, Dylan. So it gives us to talk to you again, and thanks for having me on. appreciate Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Always a pleasure. <laughs> thanks the producers. They're the ones who found you. Appreciate them too. 2135, everybody. The conversation continues after the break.